And uh, <laughs> Bowen Wilson is the speaker of the Zuzer Group. Today is uh, October 30th. Oh, yeah. Up there, or the oh, good. Oh, Hi. Good. Hi. Great. We have some other group here. Yes. So we can we can record two sessions at Multi generational, multi platform. Multi, Multi-culture. Multi-inspirational. I like that. I like that. I like that. Where? Where? I want to I wanna remind everybody that today is the last week in here, and from next week um, we are going to be in uh, this place here, Dewey's Club, which is on Water Street. Uh, we have a room and uh, the air projector, and so let's see how it goes. Yeah, like an eight-foot screen there. Yes, it's very, I mean, it's even bigger than that, I'm sure. What's going on? You tell me, you tell me the resolution, I think. It's the resolution about. It's the resolution First floor in the back. You pass through the bar and you the back. On one side there's a spare room and look on the other side there's a kitchen. Almost every day. Yes, there's a restaurant. They have also the side entrance. So if you want to walk through the bar, take it out and walk through the other side. Oh, it's the, uh, I submitted the change to my one and then put it back to the other Okay. Oh, very good. Thank you. Keep it out of it. Wow. I still need to change the website that's where we are. Oh, the Very helpful. Hello? Anybody here? This is Android. I don't know. You know, it doesn't need to be that when I put in the newsletter. I just think that other people should read it and tell me about it. So shall we go with our two-hour friend? Two hours, two minutes. Two hours. I haven't been here in a while. My wife and I play in a summer volleyball league, so that happened to be on Thursday nights this week, and so that's why I've been gone for a while in South But. We're back into the fall routine and got around to it. She's got a different job, working second shift, so my evenings are more free and stuff, and I wanted to come back here, and so here I am. Play at Loopy's? No, nope. at Loopy's? We play at uh, Mount Simon. Amazing. <laughs> Somebody who doesn't play at Loopy's. You know, Loopy's actually, they build a... They got a Doma. Yeah, I know I, cool? I play on yeah. Mondays, so... Oh, really? Is it good? <laughs> Is it live? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what he's got? Hey, hey, you haven't been there, but I have. <laughs> but there's too many to pay. <laughs> no, he's, he's got uh, three volleyball courts. 
and then one is it's a big block dome, and he's got like a big fan in there, and he's got like revolving doors for getting in and out. He's got like a bar set up in there. Revolving doors. Yep. Just to make them check Just, you know what? You just gotta make sure you don't have a cape. It can get stuck in the revolving door and it no just causes major problems. No. I see. Actually, they were saying before they start building, they were saying they caused like Ooh. I didn't hear that much, but yeah. Somebody was. I believe it. It's heated, heated with the pressurized air in there, and there's heated coils in the sand so that your feet don't get cold and they can play full year-round volleyball in the winter. He said he's going to be up to about uh, 75 in there in the middle of the winter. Isn't that awesome? Well, actually, I like it. Corner. I like it about 50 because otherwise you start to sweat because you're playing volleyball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Then you get even warmer then. This bar, what do you think? I'm going to go that revolving door and <laughs> Interestingly enough, I bet you the drinks are going to be a little bit more expensive in the dome. You know, because it's still a bar. And <laughs> well, you can't, you can't have glass in the dome either. No. Well, it doesn't well, want glass in the Really, dome. really expensive. <laughs> Oh, I suppose for safety purposes. For safety purposes. Yeah, okay. We were there. Don't want somebody slashing at the dome. Yeah. Yeah, we were there in the summer, and the dome wasn't wasn't done there. There, but yeah, but uh, all the concrete work was done. Yeah. And he had the groove after. Yeah, he can actually only have it up half the year. Otherwise, it would be considered a permanent building, and he'd have to pay taxes on it. So it's only up for 179 days of the year or something. Well, that's about your heating season, you know. Yeah, exactly. Goes up in October, down in April. You are a So how are you? Me? Well, I've been playing with a couple of things. Uh, one thing I was playing with was Sphinx, which is an open source uh, voice recognition package. And I actually got it to recognize some words, amazingly. It's... Supposedly one of the more difficult things to get working. They don't really have good tutorials, good information on it. But I was able to get at least the basic you know, voice recognition to work. And I learned that my microphone really sucks. And it couldn't do a very good job of recognizing words. I maybe got about 50 to 60% accuracy. Did you try the Mary Poppins word? Not gonna lie, I forgot about it. No. Supercalifragilistic? No. 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 And the thing is, you can like customize it so that you can say only detect these words, and then you can give the likelihood of each of those words. So then you can um, actually get get the percentages up much higher because it's trying to recognize you know forty thousand words versus trying to recognize ten. So I wasn't able to get any of that work. Is it command line? Yeah, just command line. You have it running and it spits out the word that you said. More or less, yeah. And I mean, you could then plug that into something else. You know, like a command line or what? 
the same place as Gabby. Um, I think those were in it. I mean, you just say D, and it considers that a word. And like you can do like all the pronunciations and everything. You say like one is you know actually three. Uh, I can't remember what they what they call them, but three sounds put together. So then it's got like a base list of like forty or fifty sounds, and all the words are made up of those sounds. So you just spell them out phonetically, and then it can you know base it off of that. So I don't know. Play with that some more. I will. No, you, whatever I you know what? You can try that. That's fine. You can try that, but I would just type it. So anyway, I did that. Um, I set up a um, subversion repository for some of the stuff in my home directory just so that I can... You know, version some of my documents, like especially like the graphics and everything. So I uh, I set that up, and now I'm going in. I'm changing the graphics. That's working pretty well. At least that, you know, then I've got like a full history of what I actually did. Um, what else did I do? I did a bunch of stuff. I looked a little bit at making some plugins for Nautilus. For Nautilus, some plugins. Just actually making plugins instead of like the scripts. And it looks like the API is pretty easy, so I might try my hand at something simple like that. What kind of plugins? Oh, um, there's a plugin for file uh, file conversion. So that you write with like, uh, yep. Actually, I was going to maybe start off with something that's uh, connected to like a subversion repository and put a different emblem on it based on its status. Just start with that and then build off of it. Uh, actually, they have a native C library as well, which that's probably what I would use because all the a the APIs for the plugin are all in C. So, um, let's see. Did I do anything else? Oh, I just did that in the five minutes I was here. Right, I'm not done yet. Um, do I have anything else open? One question. How do you set the limit of open files that one user can have? Like, by default, it's set to 1,024 open files. And I figure maybe you come across this. Do you always have tons and tons of tabs open? No. No? You haven't come across that? Okay. Because, yeah, I've come across that once or twice where it'll say, uh, or it won't display an image, and I'll close it, I'll open it up in the command line, it'll be okay for a little while, and then I'll actually get a message, you know, you limit exceeded too many files or something similar to that. I don't know what it is. It's just it's 1,024 across the entire user. That user can have 1,024 files open, that's it. I never hit that. So. Oh, 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 
Crocs's FS file So You see, and I looked at that, but I didn't think that that actually... It's like it's just a very good right? file. I did a Google search for what he was talking about, and I came across an article in... It says in CentOS, but it might be consistent with other distros, too. Oh, oh that's that's what that was? That's the system-wide number of files, but not the per-user. Oh, you want users. I want per-user, because it limits each user to 1,024, and then root gets the rest of them. That should someplace pretty similar. It's in Proxys FS file dash max. Run is run. Good idea. That's a security expert's mindset right there. Never got another problem? Okay. I mean, I looked at using the U-limit command because that's where I actually got you know, that there is a limit. And it, supposedly you can set it using the U-limit command, but then I looked at more documentation and it said, you can't set it with the U-limit command. The U-limit command has the ability to set it, but the kernel won't do it. So it's like some kernel setting somewhere, and I can't figure out how to do it. It, it might be in one of the startup scripts, but I haven't found anything yet. Kernel configs, maybe. Where? Where? And I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, it's got the maximum files for the entire system, but not for the user. Is it in like Ulimit or Ulimit? Ulimit is the name of the name of the file that you can actually. There's a crash right there. Like if I go Ulimit dash n. Then it says the number of files, 1024. Can you do a man on new limit to see You're supposed a... to be able to set it like that, but if you do it, okay, it says I set it. It says I set, well, I'm run, I can set it. Mm-hmm. But now if I exit, mm-hmm. U limit, uh, N, ah, U limit dash N, 1024, I try and set it. I can't set it because I'm not root. If I change to root, now I'm root. I can't set it. I wonder if there's a way that you can create like a... Was there a way you could change who the U-limit setting? Maybe when you did it as a maybe, maybe you have to do U-limit and say which user you're setting it for other than yourself. Maybe it's something that you have to set up like in a... Yeah. Uh, a variable in your like uh, dot profile or something that it sets it up just for that specific directory in the beginning. Maybe? And I tried that too. Like somebody did suggest that, and I tried it, and I wasn't able to get it to work. See if there's an argument for you. What are you doing that you have more than Well, I had three columns worth of tabs open in Opera. Yeah, see, it's got a user. Does user usernames? I never close things because that's my that's my to do list for like local database users who's constantly writing something. Valid number. Oh, it might have to be a number. For user 500. I was trying to do something called Pi BKM, which is part of my uh, unending quest to get my book out of control. And it's got something to do with uh, WX. Uh, 
the WX Python stuff, for some reason, it just is not finding pieces of that it needs. I've used every switch on the mate and build and doing figs to tell it to build everything, and then for some reason, it won't work. So I, I mean, I'm still figuring that out. Uh, then I was also trying to get free URLs and open URL and open WRL to work because the uh, GTK look at and that other viewer that they have the WRL files that come with Ubuntu, uh, they're not too good. First of all, they don't have a way to rotate the object, and like if you're looking at virtual Alhedra, it's pretty dull just to slide it back and forth. So it's got something to do with the GTK plus stuff where you get into an unreconcilable dependency problem because of the bonobo stuff. And it's, I just can't, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work that out. Is he coming here? But I would love to have a better WRL viewer, none of which run in wine. Uh, you know, better ones that run in Windows don't run in wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody knows this that might work. Oh, well. I don't know, I guess. I think I did get the key for it, but I don't know. It's supposed to be better, but if anybody saw the um, that Code Weavers was giving away, uh, what's it called? I know it's designed for games, but they have it's like a commercial version of Wine. Whatever it's called, yeah, crossover. Whatever. Yeah, because it went down below 279. Yeah. So he gave it away for free for a day. But I have a key for Linux, which I'm probably not going to use. And, uh, okay, the email it to me. File <laughs> email it to me, sure. Thank you. Just let's put it on the website. Or do that, sure. Put it on the group, you know, uh, file. I think it wants to validate the key. Yeah, well, some of those keys don't work unless it's for a particular machine. It depends on how it's generated. So, but it's worth a try. But anyway, I, I can't understand. I mean, basically, the file that Ubuntu puts in, which is one of their hacked files or patched files, is actually a higher version number than the one that they say is required. But it's not backward compatible. So. So it was not a very good uh, week for getting anything to work too well. Uh, I did find something interesting, though. There, there's a um, program called uh, Network uh, Notepad. Network Notepad, and if you, basically you can diagram your your network. I mean, you're, you know, if you're designing a network, it, it's got little uh, icons and stuff, and you can push you know push that around and get it worked out. And I thought that was interesting. It comes with some built-in symbols, which all work fine on the, the Windows ICO files. But if you, the other thing they give you is all WMF files for any extra symbols that they also have on the website to download. But WMFs don't work in Linux. There's no way to convert them in Linux. But if you take them someplace else and convert them, I cannot tell the difference between those ICO files and the ones I'm converting. But when you put them into the program, they don't work. You know, so I, I, I don't know what what they're doing. This the format is Windows 
player file. So if you have Oh no, you did, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, there's no, there's no way I know of to look at WMF files. Actually, this says that the GIMP can be bought. What version? That's fairly old, so hang on. No, I, I can't open a WMF in, in my game. I mean, yeah, no. What is WMF? Isn't that a Windows <laughs> Media file? Yeah. Isn't that, a, isn't that something that you can... There's a pack Windows of Windows Meta file. Yeah, well, I mean, they can be movies and stuff, but they can also just be static images. Okay. I know that there's a pack of plugins that you can get for like Layer to do images and to do videos and stuff like that. And traditionally, they've been one of the most compatible movie players and stuff. Um, so I think it's like mplayerhq.hu. It's a real weird URL. But if you Google it for mplayer and get the, the codex bundle and then put those in the, the, the subdirectory, there's a specific directory that they have you put it in, and then it references the, you know, that directory for the DLLs and for the library files, and then once you put it in there, then, yeah. you know, sometimes... Yeah, I'll, try, can, I'll try to find a way to convert them in Linux, and maybe they work better than when you convert them in Windows and drag them over. You could, if you email the files out to, like, if we could post the files somewhere, we could work on it. You know, finding compatibility. If we, like, upload them, if he emails them to you, then you can... Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for. We have a, a, a Yahoo group or a Google group. The Google group, I'll post to that file okay. library there. Very cool. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. Easy log. Uh, other than the fact that I've been uh, granted, re-granted my alpha duck status, the ducks are now obeying my commands to come into the duck house at night again. So they, they feel comfortable in their new in their new digs, I guess. They're under control, I guess. For now. <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're pretty good. They're skeptical, you know, when you do anything that upsets the usual routine, that puts you on the bad list for a while. But now they've decided I'm okay again after all, so. That is a real nice program. So you are saying that uh, is it actually posted on a website? You can import the recipe directly from the web page. So what we did to get all our old recipes put into it is I just put all the recipes as HTML files on my little LAN, local LAN web server, and I just, you know, you take them in from there. Yeah, it works very well. Is that an open source recipe? Uh, yes. Anybody can buy ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> but it is open source. Tell us that there's no proprietary 
Yeah, 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 WMF file. Uh, yeah. I don't know why mine doesn't. It might be a feature or something, but because the WMF is actually a vector format, mm-hmm. so the GIMP actually rasterizes it, turns it into an image, and then imports it. I wonder if Inkscape oh, maybe. Like maybe that's it. I was trying to open it. Maybe all I have to do is import it. I wonder if that's Inkscape maybe has How do you open the file? Uh, I just right clicked and open with. Okay. Inkscape opens it up. In Inkscape, I bet you this is actually a vector. Some of those little EPCs. Maybe not. Got enough tabs up in there, Ralph? <laughs> well, actually, he doesn't have many today. <laughs> he was used opera. enough for the, just for the symbol. No, he was using Opera the other day and had three columns going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is version 0.46. And again, photos. So, what kind of photos are in a air project? And they're up to 2.6. So. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, well, I'll around with it. I'll get the version. Yes, there is a way. The ones they give you are just such a limited set of settings. Networks that can display that. Right, right, definitely. <laughs> See, the beer cans. <laughs> nice. Well, here's an idea for your Halloween costume. Go as a beer can. I don't believe my Halloween. No, you're not going to take your kids out. Well, it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't do too much with the learnings, but I managed to, to give, uh, to put the uh, newspaper out. And, uh, that was about it, I think. Did you solve the security problem for yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> She doesn't have the what? What? It had you don't get access to the room. I don't know what I So is that right? I don't know. I Yep. Works in the cities in Madison and in Milwaukee. Those are the closest places to 3G for AT&T's network. My wife has the iPhone 3G and it's pretty cool. And one day it was here. What's that? One day it was here. Yeah. Well, according to the Sprint people, they're predicting third quarter of 2009. 
or um, of the of the AT&T people rather. So, I mean, whether they'll actually get it done or not, I don't know. Okay, that's the same trip. You gotta get that M player plug in for the output that outputs it as ASCII so you can watch it. Oh, that is cool, isn't it? As well for it, so I suppose I could browsing. I'm kind of in the market for a different phone. Is anyone using Sprint? No. You guys don't buy an upstage. Don't buy an upstage. It's old anyway. I looked at like, I mean, I looked at the BlackBerry series and I looked at the HTC Touch and the Touch Pro is supposed to be coming out pretty soon and stuff. And I have a Palm Trio right now and I've just been sick of my phone. And so I'd like to move to AT&T or a different carrier or something with a better phone. But the iPhone ripoff looks great iPhone ripoff. Yeah, I hate to discourage uh, it. The Samsung is here's how, we, here's how we solved our spring phone problem. We bought an air card modem and we used the laptop in the car. Um, okay. Well, I'm still stuck in a contract till next next September and so I'm looking for a better option in terms of a better usable phone. Because I can't afford to just pay the five hundred dollars to cancel it and get a new phone and a new network and everything. Yeah, I can't sign the contract. Well, yeah, that's if they force you to sign a contract, you just go someplace else because not all of them will force you to sign the contract. Altel might be the only Nazis as far as that goes. They might be the ones that force you to sign a contract, and you know what? Just go with somebody else. Was it Altel bought by somebody? Yeah, Verizon. Some rumored to be coming pretty soon. Oh, they always just caught Since Altel took over Celia 1, since HT took over Celia 1, Verizon probably. Well, it's paying more taking history than you're buying. Bought as a G3 and all that. And that's all. It's kind of the fault of all the little entities out there. Is G3, is it uh, uh, 3G? 3G. Is it uh, GSM? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It uses the HS, the high speed data packet access. It's the, it's, the, it's the new technology that'll force packets through at a much faster rate. And of course, when we were browsing on my wife's um, iPhone. In the 3G network, and it was fairly close to like a busy Wi-Fi network, like something you'd be like we're all browsing here. And so, you know, it's probably equivalent. I mean, pages were loading pretty quickly, and it seemed to pull information. And YouTube came up in five seconds for a video, so I mean, it was pretty good. So, I mean, pretty good for a mobile network because we were driving too. Well, it's a different technology. G uh, Sprint, yeah, Sprint doesn't use. Um, they have CDMA, and they have. I mean, they have their own version of the like the latest generation. But according to the website, I think it's like tops out at 1.4 megabit downloads in like the perfect optimal environment. So I'm talking like five bars right in the middle of town, and their speed, their high speed network is in town here. It is no player, but I don't have a capable phone with like a higher speed capable phone. But I was I was at the Sprint store and I tried out a whole bunch of different phones and I wanted good internet access, I wanted good email and good call quality and everything. And 
I wasn't really impressed with the speeds. It didn't seem any faster than like what the other devices were doing. And the interface was like the biggest hurdle. I don't really like the BlackBerry interface. The very tiny little trackball is difficult to use. And the trackball, the, the hardware uh, track record for BlackBerry is bad too. They're great. Did you see Android? Yeah, the G1 with Android. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a very cool interface. And now that the G1, I think it's T-Mobile. Yeah. It came out and everything. It looks pretty cool. I saw the demos and stuff, but... Oh, you do? Here? Yeah, sure. I work with this guy at Altel, and I use Altel, but he's got one of his HTCs to Altel, and he really likes it. He's got uh, GPS, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, data packets. He's got a little, you know, so he's got a free little program that'll turn his uh, phone into a router, so he can have Wi-Fi be an app on the so don't forget to use an assistant client uh, to check his uh, doctor's sessions. <laughs> I'll just stick to Mexico. We're going in there in two weeks. Because I'm up in Florida. Did anyone have a vacation flight? I got my phone. 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 I got my I need to put food on my family. Come on. No, I made a mistake. I'm asking you to do the money back. So, since you're not being a player anymore, so. You're even now, though. Yeah, I know. So, double. They kept track of that. They got the little notches on the PC. They must, because it goes, no, the next time you do it, you're not. This is the more other thing that works. You know, because she has that uh, sticker, you know, on, on her monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the G1, if you use Google for stuff, that's great. If you don't, I think it's kind of... I love the interface. It's significantly better than the other phones. I've got Google Calendars. Yeah, I saw Google Calendar and Gmail, and it's pretty good. It's got Wi-Fi. It's got a web browser that doesn't work. Ooh, nice. I found it's definitely necessary to make a change because the other day I got calls from my boss and like three of the four calls from my boss didn't come to my phone. I had like one missed call and he's like, I called you four times, where were you? And I'm, I'm like, oh crap, now I'm going to be in trouble. So. Yeah, start advertising for AT&T, my sprint phone sucks. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I lost my job because of Sprint. You should use AT&T. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun.
could pay for, you know, you know you call in and say, are you recording this? Are you recording this? Okay. And then just go off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just make sure you're recording this for quality control. Yes, you can use this. <laughs> you and and what uh, security compromising tools have you dumped on there that's going to install key loggers and everything else? No, no, no. It's just a it's a real simple script. DD space. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Not even slash. It goes straight to the SDA. I had an extra four be handy to use if you could just get the base, like, latest Ubuntu stable release and then, like, add all the package, the sub-packages that you need in, and then just do a DD after you've got it plugged in to, you know, migrate the ISO, like, mount the ISO from the CD or from the, the file that you get it and then like do a DD from there to the image of the device and as long as your BIOS supports booting it, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So that we don't have to go to Brian's house, we can go to your house. Watch some of those open source movies. You need to I think we need to go to Rusky's house for that one. He's he's been working on his collection. Eric Eric Rusky. Yeah. Do you want to say which address he lives on and phone number? I don't know his address and I don't know his phone number either. I don't think he does either. <laughs> no, they just recently moved. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. I have to look up their phone number. They've been there for about a month and a week. No, no, no. No, no, no. Where is he? Probably at home. He, he had to he had to build a mouse house. They got snakes, and to feed the snakes, they have mice. They don't want the mice in the house, so they're in the garage. The mice are going to freeze in the garage unless they build some type of insulated enclosure. So he's probably at home building an insulated enclosure for the mice, or he's watching open source movies. He has been working on the collection for over a year now, through Netflix and Blockbuster. He did find out that uh, both Netflix and Blockbuster, what they'll do is they'll start off sending you movies real quick, but when you get the movie, immediately send it back the next day, get the movie, immediately send it back, they slow you down. they'll slow you down and they'll start adding a delay in there. Now, they don't, if you ask them about it, they'll say, no, we don't do anything like that. But it does, because he'll switch to, like, Blockbuster, and it'll be fast again. And then, you know, after about a month or so, it'll start slowing down, start slowing down. He'll switch back to Netflix. It's fast again. And then it starts slowing down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he just flip-flops between the two. 
Well, there's no penalty fees for canceling yeah, the whole once every two or three months still cancel it for a little while and then get the other one. And you can do you can work on your office or He's got I think over over a gig of stuff and he's got it all transcoded down so I mean a terabyte or a terabyte over a terabyte of stuff and it's all transcoded so it's he's got hundreds and hundreds of DVDs worth of stuff what was his um Exhibit. Uh, well, I, I used Divix for a long time. I think Divix 5 was one of the ones I got up to 750 or 800 at one point. He's got a lot of anime and such. I'm not a huge fan of anime. Me neither. Some of them are good. It would take forever for you to download it because it's. DSL, you know, you get good download speeds, but bad upload speeds. And what you should do is you get one of those removable, uh, removable um, drives. You know, external, external uh, hard drives. You give one of those to them, and then he can, then he can fix you up. Two or three trips. That's going to be on sneaker mail. Yeah. Never underestimate the bandwidth of a station wagon filled with. Uh, there, there was some old saying. I think it was like from MIT or something. I thought there was like an experiment. Wasn't there an experiment like that a while ago where they like there was some guy who filled up his station wagon with hard drives and he tested the the usability of oh, like the fastest, most efficient pipe in the nation. Like, you know, compare the total bandwidth of the pipe from one side of the nation to the other compared to a station wagon full of hard drives. You see how fast you can move data from one place to another. Okay, I got the quote. It's from uh, Andrew Tenenbaum. Never underestimate the bandwidth of a station wagon full of tapes hurtling down the highway. What did they actually get with the station wagons? Average data rate. That doesn't say it. That's just the quote. I saw an interesting project. If you're looking at like low cost bandwidth, um, you can actually fit up to they fit like 10 gigabytes of data on a single printed on a single sheet of paper that you could read and recover. What? Oh, that was yeah. Ah, chew. Oh, shoot. Whoops. Got a little stain here. There goes four gig. There's one other thing too that kind of relates to the sneaker net. I saw a joke online, or a guy at work printed it out and gave it to me. It was about avian carriers. Like avian, like birds. Yeah, so I over avian carrier. carrier. Yeah, and I, I was doing a search here, and apparently Wikipedia says that uh, Linux user group actually did it. They sent nine packets over a distance of five kilometers using pigeons. <laughs> like they actually did a ping with pigeons. <laughs> Did they have, did they have a, a modem? I don't know what they did. Maybe text into data. 
Is that like a dude sitting at a computer? It doesn't go into details, but... Or is it like they just like taped a little piece of paper that says ping? It was like... <laughs> that'd be addressed and like taped it to its leg and said, oh, fire, and like, you know, blew a whistle. How, how, do, you, how, how do you add routes to your... Uh, well, there's a guy from my uh, from my home that, church. They, I don't know. One thing you got to worry about is drop packets, though. <laughs> yeah, watch out for um, Matt Farmer's with shotguns. It could be a real damage to you. <laughs> Boom! Uh, I guess that's a packet long. Boom! <laughs>
stuff and we have a huge variety. All, all of our older stuff is mostly SCO and a little bit of AIX, but they've been slowly migrating SCO over to Red Hat Enterprise 4 and um, and then the newest application is Windows XP Pro with Server 2003 currently and they're in beta with the new Vista with Server 2008, which we have to take training for now. So did somebody see Windows 7? And they were they were doing uh, they were doing uh, uh, whatever yeah, whatever it's supposed to do. So you are supposed to be touching your screen with your fingers. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a demo a while ago with that with the new Google API. It was a they had a, a working version where they had like a tabletop version, and they were doing like giant like pinch like movements up and down to zoom in and zoom out and grab things and stuff and. The guy that was running the demo that I saw—it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Uh, he was playing—he was playing work, World of Warcraft with it. He was just saying, "Select this guy," or you know, "Select this group of people here," and like, "Move over here and you attack." And you know, he's using the interface like that. It was just—it was a regular white table, but it was some sort of special projector that could sense sensors. There's three infrared cameras that detect the surface, what's anything sitting on the surface, where you're touching. But you have to have, to have three of these infrared sensors, like, precisely placed around the one, Well, that's one way of doing it. Another way is what they'll have is they'll have a piece of glass, and they'll have infrared lights along the sides of the glass, and the infrared light will bounce in the glass, and when you touch it, it changes the refraction of the glass, so it'll actually light up. And then behind that, they'll have a camera that'll pick up only that certain frequency of infrared. So then they can pick out different touches based on that. But you guys are talking about, talking about touch, uh, touch table. A touch surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you, you're talking about the surface, right? Yeah, the, flat, the, 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 demo, the demo that I saw was like it was a flat surface and they were playing a game. Okay. It was a 2D surface. It wasn't like he was like reaching his hand into open this space. This was like a monitor. And they were right. touching the monitor. So you were touching your keyboard, you were touching the monitor. Right. You know, interestingly enough with that, with the... Uh, the camera behind, you can make an extremely simple um, version of that. What you can do is you get a piece of like plexiglass, you get the lights, get a Wii remote. The Wii remote is actually a Bluetooth device and it's unencrypted and it has the hardware to do that built in. It's got an infrared camera, it's got the hardware, it can detect up to five points. So you can plug that into your computer and then have that, you know, as your camera and then it will actually pick up your, your fingers touching it. And you can turn that into a multi-touch device instead of the $10,000 or whatever that Microsoft wants for it. Mm -hmm. A regular touch, there's four different methods to do it. There's ultrasonic, where it will actually uh, have like little piezo um, buzzers. And when you touch it, it'll change like the waveform. 
Uh, there's capacitance where it'll actually like a touch lamp, similar to that. Um, I think there's like a mechanical one as well, where it'll pick that up. And there's one other one. I think it's like a some type of interference pattern with light. Like it'll actually, as you're touching it, it has almost like a laser that shines right in front of it, and it'll pick up where your finger intersects that. So there's a bunch of different ways to do it. How about you, Elliot? Uh, well, I, like I was talking about earlier, I helped my friend to um, put Ubuntu on his laptop, basically to try and use it as a media, well, media player, like a media box, basically, not really so, just, um, just to, he, he's outputting over S-Video to his TV so he can watch movies and stuff. So that didn't go exactly well. I couldn't get wireless networking working. I had problems with the hidden uh, display working properly. I ended up having to use a higher resolution than I wanted to, and it's hard to do it. And like I said, the refresh rate's kind of poor, so it's, I might end up going back to XP just because it doesn't do what he wants to do. Midora. Maybe. Awesome. Yeah. Was, uh, he doesn't have it. He does have it. No. I should do that. Because that has, the mid-TV has the, like, a display for TVs. Yeah. It does everything I wonder if mid-Buntu would. But it probably does. It's not, really. What? When we talk about when we talk about Fedora, in Fedora 10, I think what the, there was that they switched the virtual display from the what is it, out, control out F7 to to F1. It's F1 that displays X. That's uh, graphics now. Yeah. Okay. And some people it used very, to be very that would be very confusing. Yeah, some people were very upset about it. Uh, and and they, in F7 is the text then? Yes. Okay. So then... Uh, yeah, whatever. Why the, the claim to a thing was that uh, it was much faster oh, and uh, your virtual terminal was on the first terminal when you were starting it up. That was the... the right, and I know one thing that they're actually working on is... I uh, uh, can't remember exactly what it's called, but where the X mode can be switched... Like almost or moldless, moldless X switching or whatever it was called. I can't remember what it was named. Where it can, you know, start up X at a certain resolution and keep that throughout the entire boot sequence. So you're not getting all the goofy flickering and all that. Like as soon as the kernel boots, there you go. You're in X. You're in X. So I, I don't know if it's going to stay there, but that's what I read. Uh, some people they can put up with it. Yeah. Could bring a desktop in um, to configure it. Could we have like an install week or something? Like I've got a I've got a regular desktop that I right now the uh, processor is overheating because I don't think it has a big, big enough heat sink, and just because of the way that the case is designed, the the the, um, the fan for the CPU doesn't exactly line up. I mean, it's close, but it's not exactly lined up to the the hole where the thing is, so I'm having heating issues, but once I get over that, can we do like a, um, a Mythbuntu or a Myth 
with Dora, with Dora install or as a trial run and stuff. No, it's an Athlon. It's an Athlon XP twenty two hundred. Okay, which is it's a fairly hot running generation of processors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, those things. And it's those things know. running about ninety degrees C natively. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to have a twenty four hundred, and it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, it started up. It was at ninety. <laughs> I've been looking for a boiled egg on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, the problem I keep running into now is that I, I'll use the machine for about 30 seconds and then the alarm will start kicking off because it's like the morning that... Oh, well, you definitely need something like a Myth TV on there that uses the processor like almost constantly. I mean, the load on my process, I've got a dual dual core, and the load is actually up around 60% average. So it's, it just kills the process. I know. I know. Oh, yeah, it does. I might end up having to get a new board and a new chip and everything, and I'd like to get a good um, low-voltage, low-heat source one. And I was looking at a few videos on YouTube about there's certain boards and processors that have a heat sink that's about like four or five inches tall and it's efficient enough that it doesn't actually need a fan at all so it's like you know you don't need any fans in the system whatsoever just because it's low voltage enough and it's low heat enough that it can just dissipate enough with the open air and you know it'd be nice to get something like that i don't know what generation of processor i can't remember but it'd be nice to do something like that and then just use the peripherals that i have already, like the DVD burner and the... Do you have, like, a TV tuner card or anything? I've got a Hoppage PBR350. Okay. Perfect. So. There you go. And that comes with the remote, right? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So the, the hardware I have for that, it's just kind of been having heating issues, and so, like, I'll work on it every so often, and then it'll fail, and it's like, oh, I can't really afford to go buy any chip and stuff right now, so, right. Like, you know, to try to baby this along. Or and what I've got, I've got the... the 150, mm-hmm. and then I've also got one of these in there. Oh, the HD TV one? Yeah. So you can capture, the, the cable company has to uh, send all of the high-def stations over the wire unencrypted. Mm-hmm. So any of the networks I can get in high-def and record them. So if you have a standard subscription, you can pick up the signal with that because it's not encrypted, and then just watch it, HD? Yes. It, you have Anything that you can pick up over the air, high-def, the cable company has to offer it over their system unencrypted if they offer it. So like NBC, I could pick up NBC in high def over the air. So if they offer high def NBC anywhere, they have to send it unencrypted. So I can get high def NBC over the regular cable. Do they, does it require an HD subscription then? I mean, no. Do you have to have no. We have basic, like the $10 cable. Yeah. Or really like the 12, 15 channels or whatever it is? Yep. Yep. We got PBS, ABC, NBC, and Fox in high depth. Is it... Does it pixelate pretty often, or is it pretty good in terms of I haven't really had any complaints with the signal. I've maybe noticed one or two glitches all time. I had a friend who just bought a new HDTV, and he was using it over the air antenna for the time being until his uh, dish was hooked that up. That was absolutely that was That was pretty pixely. So. The, thing, the thing about it, in, right in town, or close to Eau Claire, TV 13 just completely wipes everything else off the map. But then you can't pick up TV 13 because the signal's too strong, and you get all these weird echoes. So TV 13 absolutely won't come in in town. 
without a really, really good antenna. And we 13 doesn't come in, and it will not come in in town because the signal is too strong, and, and it, you get reflections. Hmm. I, can, I can pick it up with in a high depth. Okay. It, it must be exactly where we are. We're getting a reflection or something because really close to like KFC. I mean, because that's that's right with a 93 or a 94. Oh, that, well, that's closer to TV 18. It's close, yeah, but there's a hill between us and TV 18, so we don't get a direct signal. We think you'd be far enough away that you'd be out of like attenuation range, or like the the bad reflect path as it's coming well, broadcast. Yeah, you would think so, but we absolutely could not get TV 13. <laughs> but it, it works with the uh, cable. I suppose, I suppose it's just a digital. I mean, it's a signal on a copper line, regardless of. You know, I wouldn't think you'd have as much degradation of signals going through it. Just, it's not like it's an open broadcast where you're susceptible right. to interference from any wireless source that's all in the of their, All their signal levels laid on the cable were at about 90 to 93 percent. So they were all good locks. Cool. And then the nice thing about having both, well, you've already got the 350, so you can record two channels at once. I mean, this, you know, you can go in and down. It's, it's, record it's, 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 it's a project that I've had sitting out there for like the longest time. Yeah, I've never been able to. I mean, I've been like so close to being able to get the line signals on and I've tried a Gen 2 or a with like a self-installed version of Myth and everything. I keep running into hardware issues, the heat issues and stuff, and that's been like the biggest hurdle to get over. So I need to find like a good support. Maybe there's a good how-to out there for like I've got a low power Athlon and that works really well. For the low wattage Athlon, like the 65 watt processor, 40 or 100 or whatever, 2 gigs of RAM. Actually, 2 gigs is probably overkill. 1 gig is about good. Right, and then um, he has like the key is with the hard drives that you want to run them with using OEM, so that if you want to throw in a second hard drive, it's plug it in, go, you're done. Well, I have a um, I have a file server at home, and it's a. Um, I have a hardware RAID with six IDE okay, hard drives. So, so you I probably a, want to set it on. Yeah, I have a network attached one terabyte file server using hardware RAID that works great for storing stuff, and that's just my general report. Well, one thing you want to be careful with, though, is bandwidth, because if you start, if well, normal TV is probably okay on that. Mm -hmm. If you start pumping high def, uh, 100 megabit network isn't going to be fast enough. Mm -hmm. I know that bandwidth, well, we don't have an HDTV or signal or anything, right. so that's not a concern. At the Wireless point. was not good enough to send a standard deaf signal. Right. What about N? Uh, I didn't try N. I'm assuming N would because uh, G was just right there, but it couldn't quite put through enough bandwidth to do it. There's a lot of potential with N, especially with the, the MIMO inputs, and I mean, the way that they're... The whole concept of N is the fact that you're sending multiple signals out at a time, and then the way that they're propagating, they're actually increasing their signal strength by feeding off of each other. So you're sending multiple inputs and multiple outputs at the same. And you know, there have been tests where people have theoretically gotten better than 200 megabits per second on wireless, which is pretty cool. So it's, yeah. a cool, it's a good theory, but you know, there's a lot of but then limitations in there. <laughs> The switch has to be better than a hard megabit per second for you to get anything well, yeah, that's, faster than that through wireless. If you're still switching and routing, it's it's a good theory, 
and it gets it to the point where like that was half duplex. So like you're talking about a full duplex implementation being near 100 megabits, which is the max of what a wired, what most wired people have at home. But the problem is, it's not that connection that becomes the issue. It's the it's the next step back in the switch in the enterprise that becomes the issue. Because not only are you trying to support full duplex 100 megabits on the Wi-Fi connection, but then you have to have the backbone infrastructure to support it in the rest of the routed grid. So like you've got you know if you've got you know 82.11 and you've got 25 laptops that are browsing out there at 100 megabits, you have to have the backbone infrastructure. You're gonna have to have a minimum of one gigabit per port. Uh, from switch to switch or from router to router to be able to effectively use that much bandwidth back and forth to, right. to utilize it correctly. So it's you know it's a good theory for like small businesses and stuff, but everything of what I've read has been a challenge in the enterprise because the infrastructure just doesn't support it right now. And it'll probably be a couple of years before people can really upgrade to support it. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you have to have to have like gig speeds. You need gigabit from end to end. If there's a, any point of the link there that's hundred megabit, that's the speed you run it. You know. Yeah. So if you're running, you know, if you're connected to even a gigabit port, and you have twenty five people surfing on yeah. end, end speeds. It's a train goes only as fast as its slowest car. Yeah. <laughs> Well, your question, yes, we can do it, you know, if you, if you come, you know, a week up front and say, well, can you do it next week, you know, okay. I think it would be much better because maybe you're looking line up with the people who yeah. uh, know more about stuff that, you know, I don't know, I think. I was just thinking we could hook it up to the projector maybe, and I, I don't have Wi-Fi in there, though. Can we... Do we have Cat5 here? Or are we going to have a Cat5 at Dooley's? They don't have Wi-Fi at Dooley's? They have, no, they they have do, Wi-Fi. But I doesn't have Wi-Fi. I don't have it. I suppose I can buy it. USB? Is that? You have USB on Yeah, I'm bored here. That's true. Why don't you have wireless? It's a desktop machine. This was for the Fedora machine. It's not this one. Yeah, exactly. Tell Brian to bring that dongle he has and we can stick it in the USB port that he has and we can do it that way. That'd be a good quick fix to be assuming that the... Because Brian's got one that's very Linux compatible. Well, it is Linux compatible? Yeah. Okay. Ah, somebody can just set up IP masquerading on their PC. It's just a few simple commands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have OS X. All it is is check internet connection sharing. <laughs> See, it's just got... It's just a script that types in all the commands for you. It's probably just as... Simple to make the change. It's just easier. Yeah, they're too easy. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah, but I'd rather have it too easy. As opposed to command one two three and as long as it works. Have it too complicated. Actually, there might be an option to turn that on. I've been pleasantly surprised with Mac OS X. I've been addicted to the overly simplistic everything. Let's do it. Shall we go on a newsletter? Just put a little order in this chaos for today. Uh-huh. Have you seen the new MacBook Pro? Uh, Have you today, seen the new one? Today was a Wednesday. I don't think I can use a no Ubuntu. Oh, so I can add Russian downloads left. How do you play it? Is it a three tablets? Because I can't see the whole The whole pad is glass. But you like that? I downloaded it ten times and deleted them. Oh, the whole thing clicks down as a click. 
Okay, so I didn't see that it was because I can't stand the like cat no. patches. I always see that I've had patches or something. I always click on random stuff. Uh, there's videos on Apple that have these similar backgrounds. Yeah? Yeah, there was something about that. It was pretty much background. Better than Well, my hair is so has anybody downloaded Ubuntu? Yeah, Do you do you want to have a copy? No, I have a copy. I'm downloading. You are downloading right now. Just stop, and I'll get you a copy. Right. Just because you know, I'm a nice guy. I like to share. Because you're chewing up all of our bandwidth. Come on. No. Yeah. yeah, that's what he really wants to say. Why is it so slow? Do you have it on on disk? No, I don't have it on disk. You have to download it first. But I know somebody has four gig uh, USB stick. <laughs> yeah, but it's full of them. Well, it's four gig. Here. Yeah, but, uh, so uh, there were actually like a few, uh, there were a few uh, articles, whatever it has. Uh, it was still about uh, Voice Canada, but I uh, uh, did a newsletter. Uh, philosophy features Ubuntu, Voice Canada, and uh, there was something from Mark Shadowboard. Here, use one of these cheapy cases and give me my good one back. Oh, great. <laughs> Take it with the beer, please. Uh, there was something about CPN Foundation. They picked the uh, EPL that, that is an Eclipse public license. Uh, so if somebody's interested in that, uh, Eclipse public license is uh, what Eclipse is using, I guess. It's the same as the GPL, but not. It is, it is not compatible. Uh, I think there's more that you don't need to re re reciprocate. I think there, there's a... It's freer. It's freer. You don't have to put anything back. And, uh, oh, see, your Android source code is available. You can download it. It's only two and a half gigabytes. Of source? Yes, of source. Yes. <laughs> There was a run of Google's Android in June, so what you can do, you can have the emulator. So I guess it's more people who want to do a lot of things, so what do you do? That's pretty cool. I think when you do, you, you add repository. That's a pretty good you know, model that will compete with like the simulator for the iPhone. That was one of the big like ploys for the developers, is that you've got a simulator of the iPhone right on the desktop, along with the device for debugging and troubleshooting and everything. And this would be a good competitor. They've had that for a lot of different uh, PDAs and such for quite a while. Yeah, like back in the day, all the palms and everything had full emulation on the. Hmm. I mean, there was an article about. I've never seen it before. That it's just moving. 
They actually even have it for like a better microcontrollers and such too. Well, that makes sense. You know. Do you want? I have a. I have a. You don't have 64. I don't have 64. I'm, that's fine. I'm, I'm downloading 64. It is a DVD, isn't it? Or is it just a DVD? Well, here, I'll give you a CDRW then. Manipulating the series, DVDs, images for the. You were using acetone, so this one is acetone too. Oh, yes. No, that's. Did you read it? The empty? No. Okay, so let's move on. I think the screenshot I've been using acetone. Oh, Elliot. Elliot. I thought for a bit, and I'm like almost out of power on this one. Well, my phone is Okay. Oh, I get it. My battery's going out. 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 My battery's the shiniest one goes up, the more the one that's a little bit more greenish goes down. You're screwed. You shouldn't have flipped it. It got passed to you. And turn off Bluetooth if you don't use it and I always yeah, I never and turn down your screen. There was uh, something about uh, about games on Linux for, for kids. So they're talking about it. I kind of read through that. Eh, just go to happypenguin.org and go through all their stuff. They got like a whole bunch of Linux games. That's I just pretty much go there every maybe once every two weeks or so. That'll work. Can you move from USB? I think I can from USB. Is that bootable? It should be. Is it? Is it? What fit it is? Uh, it'll, it'll still run. It'll work. It'll work. I just want 64 bit. Yeah. Yeah. Want and get. Yeah. Well, I'm getting what I want right now. This site actually has, has over 2,000 games on it. So, for Linux. So there was some kind of another finance thing. I played with that a little bit. It's the same as the GNU thing. I think this is actually Java. Just, I thought it was Java. Pretty slick. Did you look at it at all? I think that at one point, not not this time, but at one point, it was a GCK application. 
It looks like GTG. Developed on. <laughs> you know, something interesting we were kind of talking about uh, phones. Opera's got a version that runs, a version of Opera that actually runs on the iPhone, and Apple won't let them release it. Because it competes with Safari. There's been a couple of technologies like that. Flash is a big, big complaint about the iPhone is because they don't allow any native Flash on the iPhone. Because well, it used to, I think it used to be that uh, you had to actually license it, to license Flash on mobile devices. And right now, they don't have to obviously any money for it. So I don't know why. I think it's because it would open up too many other possibilities. Like there's services like uh, like Hulu and like other streaming services yeah, that, would that would compete with their iTunes downloading model. So yeah, they wouldn't be downloading TV shows and movies through iTunes, and they would be they're, watching they're them free themselves in the foil, especially with Android coming out. Well, I know. I mean, that's a real limitation. Yeah. Yeah, except the Android doesn't have the same screen size. Well, the the, 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 the one phone doesn't, but I mean Android's just the platform. They could any device with any resolution would open it up. You know. But although I, I must say, I having having watched looked at his, it's really slick. It is really slick, and I mean it is. You have as much as much screen space when you scroll back and forth. Which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Because uh, no. it's really cause it's so easy to switch back and forth. You always have this extra space. Well, from the applications this week, we have a Slim. I have a person who's very bad. I don't know who that could be. Really not go back there. I put that door on I wonder who that could be. There was some application about guitar, or notation I 
And uh, there was art and backup, uh, these incremental, incremental backups for uh, from the vampires. I did look at it. There's a package that came out a while ago that's like a time machine equivalent program in Ubuntu. Yeah, to do like an incremental. I haven't tried it, but I, I saw it. Yeah. What was it? I don't remember what it was called. Um, it was a couple of Python scripts, I think. Yeah, time vault. Simple front end for making snapshots on the set of directories. Uh, what else we got there? Uh, last week we talked about the website that Oh yeah. Oh We talked about popcorn, popcorn. Yeah. Oh. You're not dating anyone. I'm so glad you're not the It's CD. The green side on the bottom. I'm about to fly back to the other side. That's it. Sunway's version of virtual box. And, uh, is this an RW? Is this what you Actually, it might be. I think it might be. I thought an RW couldn't burn in it. Is there some limitation there? No, I don't think so. I had like a whole. I don't know. It might be. If it says it's an RW, it's probably an RW. It doesn't say RW. Then it's probably not an RW. <laughs> Can't argue with that logic. Because there wasn't any. Yeah. It's just blind faith. I'll be awesome. Blind faith in my system recording. I bought one. I know. Time capsule. Time capsule. You bought a time capsule? It's pretty cool. Is that like the... Is that just like the... Uh, you can see the people out there. They look really cool. So you can actually help raise them. I didn't really watch them, but uh, you can see how they look like. And, uh, I still want to get money for it, but uh, oh, I'm not going to I'm trying to I'm trying to to, to, to bring my kids to be a better person. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Teach them the program and then they can do your program report. from South Park. He always gets high and has no idea what's going on. Man, I have no idea what's going on right now. Yeah. You guys. Yeah, I don't know. Something you said reminded me. I'll see you next week. Are you guys watching 11? Oh, yeah. The Dooley's. Ooh. No, no, that was the Tuesday. Oh, 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 oh. Technically, I want to say something about that. That's actually using something called a screen scraper. So it's going to the website and it's parsing HTML and stealing information off the site. The legality of that is in question. So what do you think you're good at? Because the site, you know, they're they're making their money off of the ads. So you doing that is going past their ads and it's actually running a script attacking their website. So you could technically be charged with hacking their website by doing that. It's a free service. They don't no longer offer the free service. You have to use schedules direct and pay for it. Anyway, you must use some sort of implementation of, of links to, to grab the data in you know, a text-based browser. Actually, they use wget. Exactly. I looked at the script that uses wget and it parses the stream. Huh. And that'll work, I mean, that'll translate and that'll grab the text. Yeah, if you fall asleep during yeah. your TV show, you'll be slammed in jail. They're using a couple of different things for, like, TV. It actually is a like one of the plugins for on Mictora. It will go to a certain website and it'll get all of the times of movies. So it goes out to, like, a website looks it up. On the website, grabs all the HTML, parses it, and then gets you know gets the results in a certain format and displays it for you. I guess that's probably going to be the end of the recording because it's very long. And uh, I want the biggest one. That Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.